0: Welcome to the American Institute of Stress's official podcast, Finding Contentment. The goal of this podcast is to highlight new information about stress and stress management techniques. While we understand that stress is a very personalized issue and different for everyone, we hope to help you find your own way to contentment. Hey, greetings, everyone. Welcome back to Finding Contentment, the official podcast of the American Institute of Stress. This is your host and executive director of the American Institute of Stress, Will Heckman, Welcome back. Uh, And if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're wondering what this podcast is all about, this podcast focuses on stress and stress-related issues. And I wanna remind everybody to follow us at stress.org. And if you got time, send in a review, send in a comment. I love hearing from you guys. And speaking of which, stress.org needs your help. You know, our mission is to improve the mental and physical health of the community and the world by setting the standard of excellence, of stress management, education, research, clinical care, home life, and your workplace. We educate and credential healthcare professionals, and we offer products and educational tools for everyone. We also publish two magazines. One is called Contentment, and the other one is Combat Stress, which focuses on vets and first responders. But we need your help to carry out our mission with a donation. I know you guys get asked for money all the time from everybody, but we really could use your help. The Institute is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation and your tax-deductible gift allows us to continue helping you along with service members, first responders, civilians, and helps them to navigate stressful situations, have a help, happier and more rewarding life. And every dollar is greatly appreciated. There's different ways to donate. Just go to stress.org, and you can see there are many ways to donate. The American Institute of Stress annually support helps to strengthen and sustain our legacy in science-based stress management and education. Also, speaking of education, we have some great news. A long-awaited documentary, Mismatch, Your Brain Under Stress, has just been released. Took a while, but we got there. Mismatch is a revolutionary documentary series exploring stress in our society And what we can do about it. Stress is literally the spice of life. It has been said, if you don't experience stress, well, you're probably not alive. Stressors are everywhere. They come at you from the environment you live, work, and play in from other people and mostly from inside your own head. Stress is defined as our reaction to change. And like everything else, you can learn how to master your stress to live a more peaceful and productive and a happy life. Mismatch Your Brain Under Stress will tell you how to do that. It's produced by the American Institute of Stress. Mismatch Your Brain Under Stress is a six-part documentary by Justin Smith and features some of the world's leading experts on stress. Their collective experience stretches from Well, the very first experiments done on the mind-body connection to the latest research in unraveling the unconscious. And as entertaining as it is informative, I have to tell you, Mismatch teaches us about what stress is all about and how to master it. And if you go to stress.org, you can find out how to see it. And it is a great time to join the American Institute of Stress Uh, We even have student and military discounts go there. Not only will you get to see Mismatch for free, but all the other products and resources that we have. Anyway, today we're talking about why the goal of reducing stress often doesn't work. You know, I have come to believe that a stress-free life well, that's just not possible. Or is it desirable? Stress is your reaction to challenges in your life. And a life without challenges, it sounds kind of boring, too boring to imagine. However, I do believe that most of the negative stress in our lives is probably unnecessary and it can be eliminated by taking some simple and maybe some not so simple steps. I also know that it can't be accomplished overnight. I realize that. I've been eliminating stressors in my life now for quite a while, and I'm still not done. I doubt I ever will be. But I think it's a worthwhile goal. But just having the goal is not enough. What does it look like to eliminate stress in your life? Well, I'll tell you what it doesn't look like. It doesn't look like a made-for-television movie, and it doesn't look like something only people with extra time and money can do it looks like your life. But without the self-created stress triggers, we all need to develop a way to identify our stressors and then have the tools to manage that stress. If you want a way to, to, to identify stressors, one of the things you can do is just go to stress.org. We have some stress assessments there that you can take and that'll, that'll help you. But one of the first steps to living a stress-free life is to stop over analyzing imaginary scenarios. I've been uh, I've been accused of doing that myself <laughs> for quite a while. And it's easy to spend time in that world of worst-case scenarios. You don't want to do it. We also need to stop thinking that stress is all in our head. I think that people would find it so helpful to think of stress as truly a full body mind experience. And as you well know, stress involves external situations and internal ones. It encompasses our mind through our thoughts and emotions and our body, our our physical reaction and sometimes symptoms, and also the way we behave our actions, whether they be big or small that we do on a daily basis. But stress is so much greater than the sum of these parts. The effects of all of them have add up to a life-limiting, health-threatening experience. And that's why just having the goal of reducing stress often doesn't work. And when we focus on one aspect of our stress, we're really not taking care of our full self. So joining us today is going to be Tanya Peterson, Uh, She created well being in words, which empowers people to transcend challenges and create a quality life, regardless of circumstances, and to provide an opportunity for relaxation and enjoyment. Tanya is a former teacher and a school counselor. She holds a master's degree in counseling with a school emphasis, and she's also nationally certified as a counselor. She has both personal and professional experience with mental health care and. She is also a very prolific writer of books and articles that inform, empower, and entertain. Uh, she's authored 12 books, five novels, seven self-help books and journals. Her self-help book takes people on journeys to well-being, discovering and using mindfulness and acceptance and a commitment therapy and other tools for creating and living their, their unique version of a quality life. She's also a diplomat with the American Institute of Stress. And as a recognized expert in stress, she has joined us in our commitment to advancing stress management. Also, if you want to learn more about Tanya, I strongly suggest you go to TanyaJPeterson.com. It's T-A-N-Y-A-J-Peterson.com. You're going to see a, a list of books and articles and blogs. It just goes on and on, but there's a lot of resources there. So I, I encourage you to to go there and see all that she has to offer. So please join me in welcoming Tanya Peterson. Welcome, Tanya.
1: Hey, well, how are you doing today?
0: We're doing great. It's a great day, and and uh, we're looking forward to our conversation today. You know, you and I share similar backgrounds. We've both been educators and 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 dealt with um, kids and teenagers and young adults and. All of that. So, the first thing I wanted to ask you about is a little bit about your background experience with stress and how you got started on your path doing what you're doing now.
1: Um. Oh, wow. Yeah, They said I started out as as a teacher. I had a passion for working with kids. As a high school teacher, I taught a variety of subjects. I've been in a traditional high school in South Dakota. I've been at a a non-traditional school for runaway and homeless adolescents here in Oregon. I've done uh, teaching and counseling in both settings. And, you know, I noticed as I went into teaching, I noticed what my passion was, was beyond the subject. I mean I you know I, I like teaching knowledge that's important kids need that but I really liked engaging with them uh, having conversations uh, now I might have been known to get off on a tangent or two when I was teaching. So meaningful conversations in the classroom, it was before and after school discussions with kids about basically about well-being and how to overcome their obstacles. We can sum it all up as, you know, as as stress, although each person's was personal, but how to how to thrive in spite of this and how to find contentment. I love the, this podcast. You know, just you. the very name of it is, is, all, is what I'm all about. So that's why I decided to go into counseling. And so I did that. And then um, just kind of some different, I've always loved to write. So it just kind of, I kind of segued from from the classroom and the counseling setting because the school that I was in at the time uh, it ended up hanging on for a while, but there were rumors that the funding was going away and I didn't see my job as real stable. And at the same time, I'd had this opportunity to write for um, Healthy Place. And so i thought, you know what? I love this. I'm going to do more of this and help see if I, how many people I can reach through my writing to help them thrive despite anxiety, despite stress, depression, whatever they're experiencing and however it is affecting them. Basically, what I'm finding in my life is this: it all comes down to stress. I know that's way, way, way oversimplified. There's a lot, two different things. But it manifests itself as health challenges, as mental health challenges. It When you are experiencing a mental illness or a physical illness, that actually causes stress, too. I mean, there, it's just caught up in everything. And people can thrive no matter what. And you had alluded to there's no overnight fixes but there are fixes there's there's tools and that's that's kind of in a nutshell what I what I'm seeking to do
0: you know it's it's funny because um, i was like an unofficial counselor when i was teaching high school because i was yeah. one of a few guys one of a few teachers uh, i was a media specialist and i had my own office and i had a couch in there and my god the parade over tw- 25 30 years of not only students, but teachers and administrators that came and sat on that couch and discussed issues in their lives mm-hmm. was astounding. And we we forget, you know, how hard it is to be a young adult and, and go through what they're going. It I was taken aback and surprised more than once uh, of what the challenges they were going through. So I, I applaud all the things, all the efforts that you put into those kids. And you're right unfortunately funding becomes a problem. I always said in schools if you want to find the problem just follow that bouncing dollar sign and when it stops there you go there's your problem. Yeah. So they started go, to use is. right they started to use counselors to you know to be test administrators or something not what they were set out to do. You know in your writings uh, mm-hmm. I saw you talked about the difference between mind body connection and body-mind. And uh, I thought that was very interesting. And I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that and what you meant by that.
1: Absolutely, I, I love that concept. To me, it's so powerful. And I will admit right now that body-mind is not my own term. I actually read that in a book by Deepak Chopra and mm-hmm. uh, Rudolf Tanzi. They speak, actually they have a couple books and both of them, they speak of the body-mind. and, and That's actually really, really powerful. I thought, you know, that really is a better term. We talk about mind-body connection and how the two, you know, one influences the other. But the problem with that, I mean, it's not wrong, but it's kind of incomplete. Because when you talk about the mind-body connection, you're still separating the two. You've got a mind and then you've got a body. And they're two different things that work together, but that actually misses the boat a little bit. And that's kind of where we go wrong when we, it's too segmented. If we Mm. start to address stress and start to find contentment and to thrive and to overcome these obstacles, if we're working on ourselves in parts, if we're working on our body and then our mind, they're not integrated and they're still not flowing together whereas if you think of yourself as a body mind, and the body is anything physical including the brain and then the mind are those thoughts and feelings and emotions and memories and interpretations but it's all one it's more like a tree
0: Hmm.
1: than a separate body and mind sort of like a tree and you that's, need. I, I, well, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say that's a really good analogy. Please. <laughs>
1: yeah. I like it. Because like you do your tree. It has all these separate parts, right? It's got the roots and the trunk and the bark and the branches and the leaves and, of course, all the inner stuff that that environmentalists and tree scientists know really well. But I'll just leave it vague. But uh, it's one unit, and and it just it flows. It operates as one. And if you've got a tree with a disease and it's showing in the leaves. And so you're gonna do something and you're gonna treat those spots and you're treating the, the disease on the leaves and that's all you do. Ultimately, the tree withers. It either dies or it just does not thrive and it continues to look sick. But that's because you're just treating one part of it. The roots have as much of a role in the leaves as the leaf itself, because it's feeding each other and there's nutrients going back and forth and the energy. So when we treat ourselves, if we're treating ourselves in segments, okay, there's something wrong, I feel anxious. I have all these thoughts and stress is just bothering me. And then maybe I have a stomach ache. So I try to do something about my thoughts and then I try to do something about my stomach, but it's not gonna work. Hmm it works better when we think of ourselves as a whole. Is that, is that like that tree that's all one flowing system that works together?
0: That makes perfect sense. I I mean, um, I've, if if you want a good example, if you catch the flu or something like that and you're sick for a couple of days and you start to feel better, sometimes the chemistry in your body is so wacky from that experience yep. and the drugs you're taking you could yes. be depressed for days yes. afterwards yes. yes um not knowing why i feel better or it should be i feel happy I, I, yeah
1: and there's a thing i should be feeling better but i feel yeah i must uh. feel worse emotionally and that's exactly it it's your body has become out of whack and then again the medications the drugs that you right. put in have, have disrupted that too
0: we, we could have whole shows talking about the um the ill effects of some of the medication people take to feel better. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. people and in general, people have a hard time understanding their stress and right. where it comes from. That's why on stress.org we have, you know, some some assessments. You can you can do a stress assessment. And now you have talked about how mindfulness can be a foundation for our shift from fixing a stressful problem, whether it's external or internal and people use that phrase mindfulness a lot, and sometimes yeah. you ask two people, you get three opinions. I would love to know what you mean by mindfulness.
1: Mindfulness, as like you said, it's used a lot. It's become a buzzword, and it, it for a reason. I think mean, people are realizing, oh my gosh, the, this approach, uh, this approach works. But it's more than a buzzword. It's more than just while being, being present, it's deceptively simple. So mindfulness is, it, it's, it's basically, I'm gonna start big and then I'll kind of bring it in. It, mindfulness is about a relationship. It is a way of being with yourself. It's a way of being with your life. And everybody, think most people like are familiar with the general concept of mindfulness, that you're living in the moment. Uh, in fact, my motto is live in your moment, not your mind. And, and that is, okay, we use your senses and, and we're fully present. But there's, it's a, such a rich concept. That's kind of the starting point, and you're your present. But you have this new relationship. You had mentioned earlier when you were uh, introducing the, the show, when you talked about you use the phrase stress reaction, and that is a normal phrase. We all we all use this, I mean we do, we react. And that is the key. You kind of you kind of hit the nail on the head right when you said that, and where mindfulness comes in to disrupt that. Stress is a reaction. We're reacting, usually negatively, but like you said, there's positive stress too. Stress itself isn't bad. There's different things. That's another whole topic too, but we react. We have a stressor and we react. Our whole body, our our body-mind. Thoughts, feelings, emotions, physiology, physiology. Mindfulness, with that relationship, it allows us to stop that reaction. Instead of reacting, we come to respond. We have a response to difficulties. We have a response to joys, instead of just this mindless reaction. What we're doing with mindfulness is we're pausing and becoming centered, aware of what's happening without judging it, without labeling it. So those senses, that present moment awareness helps us bring it into the moment. We can say, okay, pause and what's going on right now? What do I see, feel, hear? Okay, I'm present in this. I'm not stuck in my mind I'm not in my thoughts about what's happening. I'm actually living what is happening, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm living exactly what is happening right now. I'm paying attention to it and I'm letting it be. I'm not judging it. And then when you can drop, when you have that awareness and you can drop that instant judgment, the mind always wants to go, oh, this is bad, this is terrible. And then we're, we're stressed, head to toe. But we can pause, we can be present, we can be aware and letting go of that judgment, and then we, we, we respond. We have a new relationship with ourself, with our emotions, our thoughts, our situations. Mindfulness opens all of that up.
0: That's awesome. You know, there, as you're saying that, I'm going, oh, my God, it makes so much sense. Respond, don't react. I, it's the same thing I try to teach my daughter when she was Sweet. younger. She you know, Sweetie, sure. It's okay. Take a moment. We're just going to yeah. work the problem. It's just a problem. We need to, we need to address yeah. the problem. Don't, it's it's, the you know, it's kind of, I said it in a different way. I, I, I once heard um, somebody say when it, when in relation to mindfulness, live your life like a dog.
1: Yeah, I dog
0: lives it. in the moment. It doesn't, you know, if you yell at your dog, they they're, they feel bad at that moment. 10 minutes later, they jump in your lap and they're okay. Right. <laughs> they if don't they live over, in the future. Back, back <laughs> right. And yep. they don't live in the future. They don't live in the past. They live in yep. the moment. They're
1: living in their moment, and not seem, in their mind. And my yep. dog
0: seems to be happier than me all the time. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's the cookies. But it's a very, <laughs> yeah. very good point that, you know, we tend to, react and our first reaction is as, all, as you said our mind going oh my god this is bad we, and freaking out a little bit Where if we right. pause and just respond to the moment we yes. probably would be less stressed and, and, right. and I, I think that's a great <laughs> right.
1: we wouldn't have that reaction we'd, we'd have that response right and yeah like you said to your daughter okay you know there, there's a, there's a problem let's deal with that right mindfulness allows that because you you separate this kind of this borrows to I love acceptance and commitment therapy, which mindfulness is a very, very, very important component of acceptance and commitment therapy, because it pulls together all of the tools. But with that, you're saying, okay, this is a this is a problem. But that's all it is. It's neutral. It's this situation. Now, how do I want to deal with it? And when you when you come out of your mind, and you, again, focusing on that present moment is is a means to that. And using your senses to be present isn't the ultimate goal. That's kind of a step in that that process. It gives you something to real and concrete to pull into. And then you can say, okay, now you can look at this problem from a different angle and just address it and then right. move on and st- each moment is not like a dog is an opportunity to start over fresh
0: and they do <laughs> they they yeah. start fresh every moment and, you know i read in, in one of your blogs <laughs> something that was very interesting and, and i'm, I'm going to quote it back at you just <laughs> because you wrote humans <laughs> tend to have an uncomfortable intolerance of uncertainty undergoing any type of change can be a troubling experience. That really hit home for me because that's true, but because we all go through change almost daily, especially lately. And especially if you read the news and pandemics and and politics, things that go through change. But but even on a personal level, we go through change daily, different things come up. How do we make it less troubling? experience that change how there's things that we can do
1: so that yeah the research behind uncertainty and tolerance is huge and that kind of drives a lot of anxiety right you had also referred earlier to the the what ifs hmm. and the worst case scenarios and again I'm going just go back to that motto you, people we, we and I do it too so you know we do it we, we're living in our mind at that point and what we're doing is okay oh no oh no there's this uncertainty there's this unknown whether it's a small change or a big one whether it's a positive change or a negative change i mean when you talk about uh, mental health there's something called adjustment disorder that's when people really really are stuck in change and the uncertainty and everybody experiences that you don't have to have a, a mental disorder to you know, just because you have a problem or difficulty with change uncertainty, that, that doesn't make a disorder. That's that's a whole other category. But just using that as an example, adjustment disorder can also happen with positive change, change with somebody that somebody wants. But so how to how to stop that? You know, it's coming back to the moment and becoming aware that you're living in those. Worst-case scenarios in those those imagine, those what if, what if, what if. And when you're doing that, when you're paying attention to that, that's where your focus is and that's where you're living, but that isn't the, the real situation. It's thoughts about the situation rather than the situation itself. So that comes back to that pausing and becoming centered in the moment. Be present. Okay, whoa, I just noticed that I'm thinking there's those what ifs Let's bring it back. What's happening now and just neutrally observe it and practice just neutrally observing things, Kind to name things, notice their qualities without evaluating them as good or bad. Then you can bring that to your moment. Okay. This change, this uncertainty. Okay. It is what it is. Here's what's happening right now rather than running off with this might happen and this might happen and this might happen. And when you're focused okay, this, this is now, bring it back to the now. This is what I'm facing. Now let's, let's, let's deal with this right now, whether it's good or bad or indifferent. And again, you can drop the judgment. It just is. So then you can pull in now what's important to me. How do I want to shape this? You, you empower yourself with the ability to shape that uncertainty and make it the way you want it to be when you allow it, when you are present with it and you accept it and you pull back out of those what ifs.
0: So is it just a perception in our mind? If something is changing, if we automatically go to our perceiving it as a negative thing, we're going to be stressed out. Is it just, Mm -hmm. is just, can we just change our perception and just say, Hey, wait a second. (laughs) Don't automatically assume it's a bad thing. Let's see what happens.
1: Yes and no. Yes, yes. But I'll give a caveat. It is, that is absolutely possible, but people, we all need to be patient with ourselves because it's not a matter of just, oh, I'm going to change my mind about this. And then boom, everything is roses. It, It doesn't happen that directly or that quickly. It becomes a process and a habit. Of addressing yourself and addressing your life, and of conscious choice of, okay. Once again, I kind of like that dog going back to that again. It's starting over fresh every moment when you catch yourself stressed or anxious or really unmotivated or depressed or whatever, and you catch that. This moment is a moment to turn that around. It doesn't matter what has just happened thirty seconds ago. It's it's this moment that you have control over, and. Also, too, the, the I always want to put out a caveat with this because I don't want to make it sound like people are making this up and that their stress is all in their imagination because that's not the case at all. I mean, it, it's real situations. It's just our minds tend to run wild. And here's a fun fact. We have humans, you know, researchers have found we have this negativity bias. Uh, the human brain looks for problems. It does it automatically. It runs subconsciously. We evaluate and we judge and we look for problems and we evolve that way. It's because, you know, it's a safety behavior. If you identify problems in what might happen, you can keep yourself safe. You can take measures. So it's not a bad thing that the human brain does that, but it helps to be aware because you can break that cycle. 80% of our thoughts are negative And we've got, seriously, about, well, anywhere from 2,500 to 3,500 thoughts an hour. And 80% of those are negative. And we are not fully aware of these thousands of thoughts that we have every hour, these negative things that are running in our mind. So where mindfulness and awareness comes in with that uncertainty, we've got these negative thoughts about uncertainty and about this and that. So we pause and we bring it back. And we can redirect those thoughts. So, uh, if that that, makes any sense, I mean, we're not making it up; it's very real. But it also runs in the background, and we can do something about it.
0: Really, a good point. It's really a good point. And you know, I think just being aware of that negative bias going on in your brain is helpful. So, way am I really? Is this really as bad as I think it is, or is my negative bias causing it to be worse than? it is in actuality although you are correct there are sometimes there are changes that are challenges that come up that are very stressful and they just are and um and, mm-hmm. and we know that those stress and those situations have an effect on our brain and our nervous system our thoughts our feelings our emotions our physical body so i i was wondering if you can give us maybe some or in our listeners, some specific tools that people can use. You know, we I hear a lot of different things and not everything is a good fit for everyone. We we have to say that not not, not every tool for, for stress is right for everyone, but can you give us some tools that people can use for the aspects of that stress response to help them with that?
1: Uh, absolutely. First, I'm going to kind of build off what you said. I mean, there are tons of tools out there and not everything is for everybody. So when you are gathering things that work for you, be patient with yourself. So there's, there's one tool right there. Just be patient. Know that there are things that will help, but what works for me might not work for somebody else. And that would not work for the next person. You know, it it just, it's kind of a trial and error. So be patient with yourself and, consider yourself when you're listening to all sorts of different tools or reading reading books about tools and in your know, self-help or you know even working with a therapist or whatever you're doing think of yourself and what works for you and your personality and, and take that you don't have to make things fit you take yourself and find things you know it, it put yourself on things you know find things that work for you don't try to force something right. so there there's there's one tool right there just be patient and know that there's things out there that work with yourself. Don't work against yourself. And I'm going to go with a standard. We hear a lot about this, and it, it almost to the point where it has overnight become cliché. But I'm going to mention this tool as your primary starting point because it works. And that is to pause. I've used that word a lot. But take a breath hmm. or two. Or three, if you can step away from your stressful situation, do that to give yourself some separation. If you can't, that's fine because wherever you are, there's your lungs, there's your breath. You don't have to go somewhere fancy to use them. The reason taking a deep breath is so important and why you hear it over and over again is because that is your entry point into your body mind, your breath. You know, we can't. People say, well, you can't control your heartbeat. You can't control your nervous system. That's automatic eh, to a point. We do have a way of controlling that, and that's through our breath. Hmm. When we're stressed, the sympathetic nervous system kicks in. It's your fight or flight response. And the, it's opposite. The parasympathetic nervous system kind of go, goes into the background and your heart rate increases blood pressure increases blood flow goes away from your digestive but you from your core from your inner organs to your limbs so you can fight or you can flee and and oxygen is, is being diverted differently and your brain is getting actually less oxygen when when we're in fight or flight and then it makes the brain panic oh my gosh i'm not getting enough oxygen there's something wrong and then the system just perpetuates itself and it goes haywire but taking a breath actually turns off or slows down your sympathetic nervous system and activates the other one, the parasympathetic, the rest and digest. When you breathe, you actually turn off your body's stress response. And that allows you to do everything else. That allows you to slow down, to be mindful, to pause, to pull on your other tools, to do things. That breath is so important. And is it an instant fix? Definitely not. And it won't make problems disappear, but it calms your body down so you can deal with the problems. So there's my first tool. And then, listen, I've got, I've got tons, but one, we've already talked a bit about awareness, about noticing. So, so many times, again, we have those thousands of thoughts an hour. And most 80% of them are negative and they're running around and we're not even aware of them. But if you can start to pause, when you notice yourself feeling off, feeling anxious, stressed, depressed, whatever, whatever you're feeling, notice it, give it a name and just say, and then now you're aware of it. And instead of reacting, you have a chance to respond. You can't respond thoughtfully if you're not aware. So become aware, then you can respond. Distance yourself. Another tool is to distance. Basically what you're doing, uh, in Buddhism, they talk about being hooked and unhooked. It's this concept of shenpa, and it's, it's, big, it's part of mindfulness. You can have thoughts, but you don't have to get hooked Picture yourself. I have a course for kids ages eight to twelve. And so I present it a little bit differently for kids. All this stuff works for every age. And you just present it, you know, adults you can talk to in one way and kids another way. But I talked to them about going fishing without a hook. Picture yourself with a fishing rod, but you you don't have a hook on it. And so all these little fish that are swimming around, all these stressors and problems, they exist. You don't have to have them go away, but don't get hooked. Just have that fishing rod in the water, but you're not catching anything. You're not, you're not getting stuck with it. And then again, you've given yourself that distance. You can even think, oh, I'm having the thought that X, Y, and Z is going to happen. I'm having the thought that I'm never going to get better. But it's just the thought. It provides you some distance so you're not hooked. And then another, I can go on and on and on and on, but I'll also give you one more. And then if you would like more, I can add, but take some time to get to know yourself and your values. What is important to you? And so when we talk about becoming aware, it's not just aware of things that are wrong, but aware of what is right. What do you love to do that makes you feel alive? What are those values? What do you want more of? Because when you started this, we, t- we were talking about just repl- getting rid of stress, just reducing stress isn't enough. And this, this is why, because if you're getting rid of it, well, what are you going to replace it with? If you don't have something to replace it with, it's just going to come rushing right back in because there's nothing there to, feel, to fill the void. So what do you want more of? Forget about what you want less of. You already know what you want less of. What's important to you? What are your passions? What are your values? When do you feel alive? Take some time and explore that. Then you can take action based on those values. You can figure out some steps that you want to do to get more of that in your life. Then you're so busy focusing on building up what you want that your mind is occupied and that stress, all those stressors fall a little bit more into the background. And then when they rise up again, you can use those tools, those acceptance and awareness and distancing and not getting hooked. You can use those and then you can shift right back to your values and your committed action toward those values.
0: Those are excellent tools. I, I use breathing myself. I, I, it's free. And I can always do it. Right, exactly. So, you know, I can't always sit there and meditate. I'm not really a meditate kind of guy. And God knows yoga would break me in two. But breathing, <laughs> breathing has helped a lot. Right? And I've sat with people and made them do it in front of me. And just mm-hmm. breathing. And you're right. It centers you back. And one of the good points that you made is that paying attention more to the things I want and the things I want to build up rather than the negative things brings back that balance, that 80% negative Mm. thoughts. Let's balance that out. Even 50-50 is okay. You know, it's better than 80-20. Right, right, exactly. So, So, so.
1: Right, absolutely, absolutely.
0: And not getting hooked into those negative stressors is a great analogy because I've talked about to kids about that. I'm sure you have too, how they get so hooked into all the negative nonsense going around them that they forget about everything else, just drops by the wayside. Right. So finding that balance of, of right. is really important. I've talked about people doing that many times. Uh, and one of the things... At the beginning, we talked about this, and I mentioned it, as, and I wanted to talk to you about it because I, I, I know you've talked about it also, and that is about just having the goal of reducing stress often just doesn't work. Right. And, and why is that? Can you clarify that a little bit for us?
1: Oh, you know, absolutely. Because when you are so focused on reducing stress, where is your focus? Hmm. It's on the stress. And it's on the fact you're, you're also caught up when you want to reduce something. It's because you don't like it. And I say you, but I I use that universally. I put myself right in this. I've had my own experience with stress. I mean, I, I still do. I still experience stress, but I have a new relationship with it now and I can recognize and I can go back to my values, but I actually stress myself sick. So I've got some, some health disorders largely, largely, largely tied to stress. So I'm not being on a high horse. I, I, I've been using you, but I'm not preaching at people. I'm putting myself right in with, with, with all of us here. So maybe, you know, let's say we. So when we are trying to reduce stress, that is what we are focusing on. Oh my gosh, this is wrong. This, you know, I have to overcome this. I have to get rid of this. I have these thoughts that I don't want. I have, okay, oh no, now I know that 80% of my thoughts are negative. I don't want that. Well, again, that focus is still on the negative. It's on what you do not want in your life. And so if you're just trying to reduce stress for the sake of reducing stress, and you're doing all the tools. So another, another thing is just nourishing your whole body mind, nourishing with, with healthy foods and drinking water or, or tea, exercising in a way that makes you happy. If you don't like doing yoga, <laughs> don't do yeah. yoga, You know, find things. But you're by doing that stuff, by nourishing yourself, that's good. But if you're only doing that to get rid of stress, your focus is still, our focus is still on stress. What we need is to replace that because what stress does, it robs us of joy. Mm. It robs us of lightheartedness. It robs us of our health. And so we want to take that back. So focus on the joy and on the health and on the happiness and on the lightheartedness and all of the things that you want, that you value, that are important to you. And when, you, when that is your focus, that's what you're building up instead of fueling the fire, instead of staying stuck in that stress. So that awareness helps very, very much. Okay. No longer are my negative thoughts, thousands of them an hour running in the background. I'm catching them. And I'm going to do things. I'm going to reduce those. But my primary thing is going to be shifting over here and doing more of what I want.
0: Boy, you know what? (laughs) If there's one takeaway, guys, if you're listening to this, if there's a takeaway from this show today, that's it right there. Refocus, shift your focus a little bit. Yeah, I don't want to do yoga, but I do play tennis. I don't play tennis thinking, okay, I got to play tennis so I can reduce my stress. Right. then then it becomes like this 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 chore i have to do exactly instead of going to play tennis to you know have some fun and just you know exercise because i i like it right. yeah it, it 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 helps reduce stress but that's an aside to the goal of my playing changing your diet yeah, I'm not changing my diet because I want to reduce stress. I'm changing my diet because I want to reduce, lose weight, Maybe. not because I want to lose stress. Yeah, right. I'm going to reduce my stress when I feel better. So you, that was right on. That's a great takeaway for everyone to pay attention to. Shift your focus. And now I understand exactly what you mean by reducing stress. The goal of reducing stress doesn't work. Because I have this goal of reducing stress. Just the mindset of that just doesn't work. My goal should be I'm going to enjoy things more and not exactly. worry about the stress as much. And I, I have to tell you, Tanya, that's it's probably one of the best things I've heard Ever on this podcast is to <laughs> learn to, to to shift our focus away from stress. Now I realize that I'm the executive director for the American Institute of Stress, and I do want you to pay attention to stress. But yes, yes, oh, but right, focusing on positive things will probably take care of that stress by right. itself. That was just outstanding. I, I we can't go too long because we could talk about this for a long time. Maybe I can convince you <laughs> to do a, a actual a webinar for AIS and, and go into it more in depth and we would listen to you not just to, to my stupid opinions but someone who actually knows what they're talking about so we'll, we'll have to try and get you to to do that for us um, well, the last thing exactly. I wanted to talk to you about was about uh, if you could tell us a little about uh, well-being in words um, because I went on your site and I just thought it was a step, you know, outstanding.
1: Right. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Well, first of all, first of all, you brought me joy. Um, uh, I said, I, I, have had like everybody, my own share of stress and I have found purpose in hel- helping people thrive, helping people replace their stress. So I mean the idea, uh I, I don't think you'd have to twist my arm too hard to to do a, a webinar that that may, that be really happy. And you that, is, it, that is that is heart. That's,
0: that's a yes, heart. Oh,
1: yes. That's a yes. <laughs> Sweet. I am I'm, I'm actually super pumped right now. But that is that's the heart of well being in words. Uh um, I just thought that was kind of a, a cute name. I, I don't know, but because I go for well being and then I'm I'm a writer. So you got the words in there. And so there's kind of that. And it's just, it's just my brand and my whole again, my motto, live in your moment, not your mind. I seek to help people discover ways. And I'm not claiming to have every answer to every individual person because again, everybody's different, but I seek to okay. Here, here are some ideas here are some tools I do writing kind of, you know, different websites. And I, again, I write books and I want to, I've done that course for, for kids and you know I'm excited to do more. I speak and do webinars and things because I want to equip people to thrive despite problems and despite absolutely no matter what they are. You know, we face things that are outside of our control, but we always have things that are in our control. We can pause we can respond. We don't want a stress-free life because going back to the beginning, I mean, you stress is the spice of life. There's good stress, there's bad stress. We just want a new relationship with stress. We want to be able to respond to it rather than reacting and getting hooked by it. And that is the whole essence of well being in words.
0: You know, that's that's great. And I, I love, love the I'm sorry.
1: Oh, I, was just, I started a little thing I call Tea with Tanya, oh. where, where I have a weekly conversation. It's just kind of getting going. It's on YouTube. I think I've got 14 followers right now. I'm, I'm not a YouTuber, yeah. but, but it's on my website. It's on YouTube. It's just little weekly conversations about life, just perspectives and how to deal with this and that and things that come up. It's just a conversational little one-sided thing because it's just a thing that I do. But, and that's part of well-being in words.
0: Well, I I loved the website, and I found a lot of things that that you know, uh, someone in the stress industry, I guess you can call it. I, I thought was fascinating. And I thought was very helpful. And I want, first of all, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. You gave us a lot of great tools and techniques, and and things to think about. Um, if nothing else, learning to deal with our relationship with stress. That's awesome. I mean, people have to learn how to do that. So I want to thank you again for being with us Uh, and everybody listening. Listen, go to TanyaJPeterson.com. She has many books. A lot of them are right on the subject of mindfulness and, and stress relief and anxiety. I'm sure that you'll find one that speaks right to you and to what the issues you are having you can find her books on amazon as well but they're on her website uh, tanyajpeterson.com read her blogs too i thought they were great thank you tanya all right that's going to be it for today this has been your host will heckman i want to thank you all for joining us uh don't forget to please follow this podcast and send in those reviews and comments I'd like hearing from you guys remember what i said your support is what helps keep making these podcasts and other things from AF possible. And I'll remind everyone, just as stress is different for each of us, there is no one stress reduction or management strategy that is right for everyone. That means please join us next time because we're going to explore more stress management strategies and insights. And remember to visit us at stress.org to gather information, tools, techniques, to live a healthier, happier, and a longer life. And I hope the information that you heard from Tanya and myself today will help you find contentment. Good day, everyone.